five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Right, that was uh, Generation X with uh, Kiss Be Deadly. Actually, really good song. Um, I used to listen to that when I was a wee lad. Actually, it wasn't too wee. I was in my, I was in my 20s. Might have been around 22, maybe. 21. 20. 21, screwing twice. And uh, you had uh, a young... Billy Idol in that band. There was always something American about <clears throat> about Billy Idol. You know, he was um, Billy Idol wanted to be Elvis. He did not want to be Johnny Rotten. He did not want to be Joe Strummer. Billy Idol wanted to be Elvis, and I think he did a pretty good job of actually reaching that goal. Because of all those guys, I mean, if you think about it. And the Clash had some really good records. Don't get me wrong. A little on the pretentious side sometimes. And Billy Idol made no bones about what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a fucking rock and roll star. But he didn't want to do it in the uh, traditional way. So he became England's version of kind of punk rock Elvis. With blonde hair. He was, he was uh, Marilyn Monroe meets Elvis. That's who Billy Idol was. And he could actually sing a little bit. He wasn't a bad singer. A lot of those punk rock guys couldn't fucking sing. Billy could actually sing. And he had a pretty good band. And then he was discovered by Keith Forsey. Actually, Keith Forsey, I think, produced the second Generation X record. The first one was produced by Ian Hunter. So I think that that track that we heard was produced by Ian Hunter from Mont Hoople. I've always dug that tune. And even the lyrics are, you know, the lyrics are good. They're not about, they're not about, uh, oh, look who's here. Well, come on, let's go. Come on. You got to come up here. Let's go. You can do it. Come on. Here. Come on. Get your, come on. Get your approach. There you go. God. It's been crazy. Come on. Ever since Rosie passed away, he's become... Very needy. Very, very needy. I wonder why. I think these things happen to men after their wives pass away. They become super needy. Anyway, when you look listen to those lyrics, they're, they're not about <sighs> angst, rebellion, you know, burning down the system. It's about basically teenage lust. That's what Kiss Me Deadly is about. Teenage lust. A little bit of punk rock. 
with uh, maybe like a rumble down at Kings Road. But other than that, um, very clear that Billy Idol wanted to be famous. He wanted to be a rock star. And I think he more than succeeded as a result of that. All right. Are you good over there now? Where were you last night? Of course, I'm talking with Jasper. What's going on, everybody? Robert Phoenix here. Welcome to another edition of 15 Minutes of Flame. Coming off a uh, strong three-hour show last night over on YouTube. I really like the early start time now. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a very good thing. Uh, we'll continue to do that because I was done by nine o'clock, and I know a lot of you people over there on the East Coast appreciated that because you could go to bed early. And I realized, actually, it was pointed out to me by the uh, good doctor that are you coming over here now? All right that all the mods, all the ranches live on the East Coast. It's gotta be that that uh, East Coast tough guy thing. You're not an East Coaster. No, you're not. You're a pussy from California. You're a pussy from the Bay Area. Yes, you are. In Texas, they have this saying, all hat and no cattle. That's Jasper. He's the all hat, no cattle cat. Yeah. Yeah. You're a big pussy boy. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, it's D-Day 666. And um, if you don't know how we get there, if you've got six and you've got six, and then you have 2022, which is six. So today, <clears throat> as the show was titled, Today is Antichrist Day. I didn't cover it on last night's show because I got caught up in I got caught up in the past. I got caught up in the past. So what is this map behind me? Looks like we've got generals' names. There's Omar Bradley. There's uh, Monty Montgomery, Lee Mallory, Brereton, Cunningham, Dempsey. Then over here, you have Rommel. Rommel. A lot of people think that um, that it was a setup. That uh, D-Day was a setup. And apparently, the Germans had the opportunity to shoot a lot of the uh, Allied soldiers, particularly as they were leaving. They could have shot them in the back, and stuff, but, but they didn't do that. So wait, what is that, General? OB West. You notice you don't see any patent here, do you? No, I don't think so. There's Doolittle. Is that Jimmy Doolittle? The uh, famous pilot. I've never, you know, I just don't vibe with World War II. I don't vibe with it. I just, none of these world wars, I can't get behind any of them. Because I think... To the best of my ability, I know what the truth is. <clears throat> and the truth is propagandistic and uh, not something that's uh, really all that enlightening. I mean, it's enlightening to the extent that you understand what the manipulation and the propaganda of war is. But other than that, it's just today, supposed, and you're going to hear this all day today. 
you're going to hear, well, we need to thank our the men and women. We'll include the women, even though there were no women there. But they're at home riv uh, riveting the, uh, the planes and whatever else they were riveting, a.k.a. Rosie the Riveter. Um, was it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, D-Day, Normandy. I think it was Dunkirk. Wasn't it Dunkirk where they didn't uh, shoot the soldiers? It was a, I think it was Dunkirk. Because Dunkirk was a massive, like, it was an L. Dunkirk was an L, and it could have been even even worse than it was. Anyway, you'll hear lots of story. I don't. I'm not sure many people are alive from this war. I remember there was a period of time where there was uh, there were World War One veterans. They're all gone now, and there may be a handful of World War II veterans. If you were, if you fought in World War II, let's see, this was uh, 1944. So you would have had to have been born around uh, 19, what, 20, 25, maybe? 25, 1925. So you'd have to be close to 100 years old. And having fought in the war, if you fought in the war, if you fought in this war, and you somehow managed to fight in D-Day, and you're still alive, that's an interesting story, in and of itself. Besides the the theater of the whole thing, right? But you'll hear lots of it today, and you might hear the accounts of the children whose parents told them about the war. Somebody who's 90, 95 years old, 96 years old, not sure how, how good of a storyteller they might be. And honestly, a lot of these people who might have fought in the war probably lost in the COVID war where they got wiped out on the beachhead of the, uh, of the elder care facilities that they were locked up in. Uh, unfortunate, but true. All right. Welcome to the show. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for doing that. And of course, we have some business to take care of, which we do at the beginning of every show. And we'd like to start off with my good friend, Chris and True Hemp Science. Right there. I got a text from uh, somebody last night and they were like, oh, I just, I just got a bunch of stuff from Chris. I said, oh, you'll, you'll love the gummies. They got the gummies. You'll love the gummies. How do you like the gummies? She said, well, I haven't tried them yet, but I'll let you know. So people are definitely supporting our friend Chris, which is great. You support Chris, you support the show. You support your body. It's a win, win, win for everyone. It's a 10, 10, 10 across the board. So if you get $100 or more of CBD product, Chris will throw some other goodies in there. And, you know, let's say you get you hit 85, 90. Yeah, I bet you get some goodies. $100 is always the, it's a little, it's the carrot, right? But if you're 
five, 10, maybe $15 short. I'm sure you're getting it. Uh, just go right here, truehemscience.com backslash ref backslash 23, the magic number 23. And get your order, type in 15 mins. That's one five mins. And uh, you will, Chris will make sure you get the goodies. All right, we got that. True Hem Science, good stuff. Let's see what's going on with chat. Kiss me deadly tonight. My grandfather was in World War II. Didn't really talk about it much. I'm not sure what he actually did. We got Empath. What's going on, Empath? There's my man, TJ. Hello, Tom. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. Oh, yeah. You know, it's too bad that Alec Baldwin did The Shadow, the movie. The, Sh the movie The Shadow is actually really good. It was directed by Russell Mulcahy who also directed Highlander. I really like Russell. I don't know if he's still doing films, but a bunch of rock videos, done a few movies. I like Russell Mulcahy. And The Shadow is a very stylish film. And Alec Baldwin, before he became the pariah known as Alec Baldwin, was actually pretty good as The Shadow. It wasn't bad. That was one of those movies that could have been a franchise. Would have been a pretty cool franchise. But alas, it was not to be. We got Ryan IWW. What's going on, Ryan? Good to see you. Queen Lisa's here. Hi, Queen Lisa. Let's see. Not a shred of good news to be found. Tom says that's why we come here. I do my best. I do my best to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Anyone using Brown's gas? Uh, let's see. Ryan says it's been pretty good. The bad news will continue until morale improves. Well, that is a really conundrum, isn't it? That that uh, the bad news uh, predicates how we feel, and somehow we we are supposed to rally and have <clears throat> a higher level of morale than the bad. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. And I think uh, who is this empath is onto something because if we allow the news to, to, to determine and dictate our mood and our emotions, we're fucked. We're just, we're just fucked. We'll have no, no place in the game. Uh, let's see, there's a sale on some brown gas right now. I watched a few small clips on the hydrogen water. So I've had some hydrogen water, pretty good stuff. I would have to say. Timothy Hartful's here. What's happening, Timothy? Any Christ Day, one day before my birthday. Well, are you the anti-antichrist? Are you the antidote? Are you, are you the the uh, the venom, the anti-venom for the antichrist? Susie, the sea goddess. We've got Queen Lisa, and we have the sea goddess here today. We're we are rocking the the uh, elements, terra firma, and the foam, the place where the sea meets the shore. Uh, let's see. Sony's here. Did I say hi, Sony? Wendy says, what's happening, Wendy? 
Good to see you. There's my man, Michael. What's going on, DJ MC? Fran's here. Fran, I got my Megalodon right there. Rocking the Megalodon again. Double K, Catherine Kramer, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Uh, let's see who else do we have. You guys are so cordial. There's my man, Steve. What's going on, Steve? Good morning. Buenos dias. Mark M. Always good to see Mark M. What's going on, brother? Here's Tamara. Let's give big shout outs today. Nice to see you, Tamara. Uh, let's see who else we have. Uh, poor Jasper. Yeah, he's a little, I think Jasper's a little confused. He's a little confused. He's been very needy. He used to get all that free preening. Man, Rosie used to preen, lick and preen and lick and preen. Oh my God. Now he's got to do it himself. You had it pretty good there, didn't you? You were like a king. Let's see who else do we have here. Anybody else? See Pines. I see you. Good morning. Hucklebuck411 checking in. Hey, there's Cappy Carey. Hi, Carey. Nice to have you in the, uh, the live section of the uh, experience. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? I rented a car, Tom Dar says, I rented a car, drove around Normandy 20 years ago. Beautiful trip. So I went to Normandy once and it is lovely. I will attest to that very lovely place. Maybe I can even find it on the map where I went. Uh, let's see, the gummies are great. Yes, they are. They are the bomb. Uh, let's see, anybody else, anybody else, anybody else? Going once, going twice, going three times. Steve Lectro, what's going on, Steve? Another beautiful 85 degree day on Mary's land, Eastern shore. Uh, the sun is uh, pretty intense out here. I gotta say, we, I think we've got issues with the sun. I was gonna talk about that. Maybe I'll do a whole show dedicated and devoted to the sun because it is doing a fucking number. Let's see. Ryan says, my dad was in Vietnam. He wasn't allowed to disclose it until five years after the war ended. His mother never knew he was in the war. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. So Susie is on the East Coast now. Did you, did you leave Sacramento? The Sacramento area. I know it's not really Sacramento, but close. Uh, from the West Coast. Okay, there you go. That makes more sense. Because I know where the sea goddess hangs out. Let's see who else do we have. Is that it? I think we're all present and accounted for. So special ops. All right, here we go. There's the map. Where, where was I? Let's see. Portsmouth, left out of Portsmouth, and I think we landed here, there, right there. 
And um, I was part of this thing called the Ministry of Sound. It was very cool. I enjoyed it. We took some buses from London, and then we uh, we got on a ferry, and we sailed across here. It was an invasion, and the Brits were invading this monastery. It was really a monastery, but it wasn't real. Really a monastery. It was a monastery at some point. And then uh, they turned it into kind of like an, an arts center, I, I suppose. They had a cafe in there. Didn't really sell much food, which bummed me out because I was hungry. I spent the, we got there, we, we, we left, we were on the ferry at night and I couldn't sleep for shit. Um, and then the next morning, we cruised to the monastery, beautiful, really green, super, super lovely. We got there and okay, we're there for the whole day. And that night they're going to put electronic music equipment in various rooms inside this monastery. Uh, DJs, hard techno, electronic, electronic shit and so all that day, what did I do? I sat around with a bunch of people in the cafe, near the cafe, outside. And I think I bought like two bottles of wine on the, on the boat. And I think, I think I drank one during the day. May have started to drink another. Um, and then they were serving, I think they were serving some some wine at the little cafe there. But I was up all night, all day. And I was up most of that night because I couldn't sleep. And I was, I was, you know, cool with hanging out. So I don't know, one or so, but I needed to sleep. And I tried to find a place to sleep in this big fucking monastery. And I, I couldn't find a place to sleep. So I basically went two days without sleep. But I think it was in better shape than most of the other people who also went sleepless uh, with the aid of massive quantities of MDMA and LSD and all kinds of alcohol. The British are just fucking crazy when it comes to partying. So that was an interesting time. And then we, we got on the bus and then we got to the port and I got off the bus because I was going to Paris and people were like, what's he doing? So I'm getting off the bus. Where are you going? Going to Paris. Like, oh, so then I just found the train and got on the train and eventually wound up in Paris to go visit a friend. It was fun. It was a good time. It was on my 40th birthday. Anyway, enough reminiscing. Uh, what, what do we expect from today? More bad news. Here's what I think. I'm going to cut to the chase. Let's talk about the sun. I think there's something going on with the sun pretty significantly. I think we're headed into micronova territory. Yesterday, uh, John Levi did a whole thing on melted brick. Why did he do a show on melted brick? Well, I have a feeling. I feel like we're headed into another melt phase. The sun is really fucking hot. 
I mean, really hot. You, you go outside now, you it's not just the the intense heat on your skin. There's a new level of I don't know whether you want to call it radiation or something that the sun is discharging. It's very intense. Very, very intense. But the heat is really something. Like yesterday, um, I had a hose out and I was trying to take the hose and, you know, reel it in. It was so fucking hot. Like it was burning my hands. That's how hot the hose was. That, I'm not talking about the water. I'm just talking about the hose, the physical hose and the plastic. It was really, really hot. And then I went to unscrew it from the uh, faucet outside and it fucking broke. The hose broke. The clip on the hose, what the clip at the, uh, uh, the connector, the threaded connector, it stayed on, but the hose itself came came out of it. I'm like, this, this is pretty intense. We're dealing with a different version of the sun. And you have to wonder why they're making such a big deal out of underground bunkers. Gee, I wonder why. Do they know that something is up? Of course they do. Then why aren't they telling people? Why aren't they giving people a heads up? Say, hey... You better find because when they pop up, they don't want them around. So this whole thing with with guns is very interesting, and we could make a case that um, we could make a case that they want to disarm the American people so that they can have their great reset, the new world order, blah, 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 fucking blah, right? I mean, that could happen. And it makes sense. But there's also another scenario where if indeed we are going through a micronova event, which I think is very possible and they know this, so they'll be in their little underground condos. The Micronova event happens, and then they pop up. Well, they want as many people disarmed as possible who might survive the uh, Micronova. They don't want them to take them on as they emerge like ants. If you get into the creation myths of the Hopi, they talk about this, the destruction of these various worlds, first world, second world, third world, fourth world. And they're like ants that emerge from the subterranean spaces that they were dwelling in before their world ended. And that's what will happen. They'll emerge out of the earth like ants. It would be the fifth world. This would be the emergence of the fifth world. And another reset. So you go back and you look at these buildings that for all intents and purposes, look like they melted. How did they melt? And when we talk about the resets, the uh, there seems to be maybe alternating versions of these resets. Like one will be a reset by a fire, and that we see the the, the sun micronova, 
and then there's the, the, the melted structures. Reset by water in the flooding, right? So we get the mud flood um, and the maybe the ice stone collapses and then all the ice melts and we have the mud flood possible. Um, and I think there's also a reset by extreme changes in temperature. I'm not even talking about heat. I'm talking about freezing temperatures where, you know, these mastodons are flash frozen and they can find the, the prairie grass inside of their bellies. Still kind of rich with chlorophyll, right? That happens really quickly. This, it's not like it gets colder and colder and colder and then all of a sudden, you know, they just can't walk anymore. No, it happens like that and they're flash frozen. So these resets seem to be connected to either heat, water, freezing temperatures. What would the other one be? Something to do, do with the earth. And maybe all three of them combined are, are connected to reshaping the, the realm. So it feels like we're headed towards what for all intents and purposes, appears to be a micronova event. You better know where your caves are. If you can find a cave, you might be able to dodge the micronova event. So what it feels like. So they want to make sure, first of all, they don't, they want to, they want to, here's what I think. They want to get rid of as many people as possible, either through famine, through, um, you know, the, the jibber jab um, through gun violence, whatever. They want to get as many people eliminated as possible. They want to bring the numbers down. So when the micronova happens, they'll have less people to deal with, right? It's a numbers game. And then we'll say if the micronova happens, but it is feeling very hot. That sun is bright white. It's not yellow, golden brown. It is intense. And who knows? I mean, maybe if you can make it through this time with the sun, the way it is, like you might level up. Maybe this is, I'm not a big Ascension guy. I'm not a big Ascension person, fifth dimension person. I used to be, but maybe this is the gate. Maybe this is the gate to the Ascension that if you can make it through, I mean, I mean, really make it through, not like you have to hunker down in a cave. I think that there's something energetic and molecular, but if you can make it through and not be phased by what's going on with the sun, then whatever happens with the micronova, right? You will, you will be prepared to have your DNA restructured and re reordered in a way that might be interesting. So I feel like we're, we're kind of leaning into this. We want to eliminate as much people as possible. We want to take away as many guns as possible, not because they necessarily want to, I mean, they're probably hedging their bets. Like, okay, well, let's just take them away or have them have so many guns that when the shit hits the fan, they'll basically go after each other and they'll kill each other. We don't have to lift a finger. I think that's part of it. Um, so we'll find out, right? We'll find out. But every day you walk outside your front door, I think it's a pretty stark reminder 
as to the effects of this intense heat and intense light that we're, that we're all experiencing. I was working in the yard a couple of weeks ago and man, it was just so intense. I felt like, fuck. After probably about two hours, I was, I think it was pretty, I, I was bordering on heat stroke and I'm usually pretty good with this stuff. I try not to let the elements dictate my emotional state or well-being, but this was dictating my physical well-being. All right. What is going on here? What is happening? Um, there is something. Oh, my Warriors won last night. Yeah. Even though Steve Kerr is still a douche. Damien, the omen. All right, where are we? Let me show you a video. So I can find it. Looks like Boris Johnson is going to be out. Here it is. Check this out. This is uh, the X-Files. Uh, one of the most prolific, hidden in plain sight TV shows ever created, ever. What's interesting about the X-Files is the juxtaposition of the characters. Fox Mulder, a.k.a. David Duchovny, was the believer. In real life, he's not a believer. I think, does he belong to like the Hasty Pudding Club or no? There's He belongs to some kind of a club, Ivy League club, that Julianne Moore and Jodie Foster are part of. You don't hear much about Jodie Foster, do you? And Duchovny, it's always struck. So it's like every time I see him, I, I want to take a shower. <laughs> so I knew this. I knew this woman one time. Very trippy story. Very very trippy story with this woman. Anyway, she. I think David Duchovny was a relative of hers like a second cousin or something like that. She lived in England. <laughs> and she said that his character on, what was that show where he played a writer and he was a sex addict? Like that was not too far afield from his real life character. I'm not here to cast aspersions on David Duchovny, by the way. I'm just giving you some personal experience. Anyway, he was the, he was the true believer, but in real life, he was not. And Gillian Anderson was not the true believer. She was the skeptic, but in real life, she was the true believer. All right, sit back and watch what they're showing you and telling you through the X-Files. Here we go. I'm making claims. Claims about what? 
You and everyone you know has a piece of DNA in your genome put there without your knowing it. Put there by whom? Well, that's the question of the day. This is an internet lunatic. You're not saying you believe him. Just hold on, Agent <laughs> Einstein. You're talking to a scientist. Uh, forgive me, Assistant Director. It may sound insensitive, but the suggestion is pure science fiction. What I'm saying, Agent Einstein, is that the facts, as I understand them, cannot be discounted out of hand. No one has the right or the ability to tamper with your DNA. Unless we gave them that ability. You say they're tampering with our DNA, that they're able to shut down our immune systems by the addition of something to our DNA. Yes, but I don't know how exactly. Or how it's being triggered. I don't know that either. Or why it's happening now. What can we possibly do? We need to act quickly. You were right about that. Well, I was wrong about the science. I was wrong about what's causing it. Dead wrong, in fact. It, but it's clearly a widespread failure of our immune systems. Through gene tampering. A virus within a virus that was put there through the smallpox vaccine. It's what these men are calling the Spartan virus. We have to figure this out. What's wrong with the science? Okay. The Spartan virus removes the adenosine deaminase gene from your DNA. Removes the ADA gene and your immune system will simply vanish. Yeah, but I'm not getting sick. It's only a matter of time. Okay, so how does it work? How does the virus remove the ADA gene? A process called CRISPR-Cas9. CRISPR-Cas9, RNA and a protein cutting genes at exact locations. Exactly, but in this instance used as a weapon. The ultimate weapon. The ability to depopulate the planet. To kill everyone but the chosen. By tampering with their DNA. Through gene editing. Why do such a thing and lie about it? Our own government. Your own government lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The Tuskegee experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective. The takeover of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient. By severe drought, brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high-altitude electromagnetic waves. In a state of perpetual war, to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home. With tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. The militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S. The building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose. The corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America by a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. Happening as we sit here. It's happening all around us. The other shoe waiting to drop. It'll probably start on a Friday. The banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend.
Digital money will disappear. They can just steal your money? Followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids. What will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia. An invasion of the U.S. The Russians tried it in 47. Is it like a holy fuck moment? It's all there. And where are we on that continuum that they were talking about? We are at the shutdown of the ATMs and the digital money grid. We are very close to that. And then would we, would would the uh, would the fake EMP? Because maybe they could have an EMP. I don't know. Would the fake EMP be that far behind? I don't think so. So pretty intense, right? That's on Twitter, by the way. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll be able to grab, maybe I'll download it. Maybe I'll do a screen grab and maybe put that on YouTube. We'll see if I have the time today, I'll do, I'll do that. Cause I know a lot of you would like to pass that around. So I'll, I'll do my best to uh, make that shareable content. How do you feel about it all? Look at, he's all stressed out. You just did a lap. You started there and now you're back there. Pretty interesting, huh? So it makes you wonder if the X-Files was created to do a little hidden in plain sight show and tell. Was not the guy from Talk Soup, Joel something? Not a show that I watch, by the way, but I am fairly familiar and aware of such pop cultural uh, pit stops. So I think that's, his name is Joel something. It's kind of, and I don't know if he had talk soup before, during, or after that. But he was one of these guys where they would take snippets from all these talk shows and mash them up and kind of make fun of them, right? I think that was the premise of the show. It was like uh, the Daily Show, but with with talk shit. Pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. They're absolutely telling you what's going on and where we are. CRISPR technology. They also talk about the food supply and how the food supply is being manipulated and weaponized. And we're going to take a look at that right now. So I can make this bigger. Give me a second. All right. Now it says destructive events over time. <clears throat> I don't know what the time scale is here, but you'll see what's happening. So we have a food processing plant grain silo fire, destroyed cattle, poultry, hogs, warehouse fire, feed processing plant, and hectare is lost. So let me see if I can make this a little bit bigger. Give me one sec. Let's see. 
can't do that. All right, hold on. I'm going to take control here. All right, let's see what we got. I will make this bigger. There we go. There we go. I found out that one of the one of the things that can supposedly redeem a boomer, and there are people that do believe that I'm a boomer, um, even though I don't really feel like a boomer, is your ability to navigate. <clears throat> excuse me, your ability to navigate technology. Like my fucking generation built technology. If you look at who the worker walks at Apple and Microsoft were, is my generation. Okay, so. You guys out there who are not boomers, you're using the technology, the backbone, the spine that our generation built. All right, here we go. So we can see here, this is 2019. This is a mere two years ago. And we can see food processing plants, some issues. And then right here on 2-2020, all of a sudden, Everything starts trending upwards. This is all in the pandemic era. By the time we get to here, right? This is pretty, you know, up and to the right, up and to the right. By the time we're getting here, we're into election territory. Right there, that is election territory. The uh, clone in chief takes his oath of office here. Will actually be right there, and then here, and then we're going along. And then all of a sudden, in 2021, a year ago, everything just goes parabolic. Look at that. So we have a massive amount. So total number of events. Right, so between February of this past year and where we are now, we've had, let's see, those are 35 events, 35 events, multiple, right, in the month of February alone. So that's cattle. The food processing plants outpacing the decimation of the cattle. We have the grain and silo fires, which have just, I guess, picked up again. Warehouse fires. I mean, this is pretty significant. And then here's the map where it's all taking place. California heavily targeted. Uh, Texas, of course, produces a lot of goodies. We have uh, cattle here, we have milk here, we have cheeses here, we have grains here. So Texas targeted. And then all through the, the, uh, the Midwest, and this is all the, the, just the absolute breadbasket of America right here, this whole area. Up here, we have cattle, chickens, dairy. You can't tell me that this isn't targeted. 
Canada, you've got your own issues. And even Mexico down here, south of the border, clearly being targeted. That's significant. When you look at that, I mean, look at this shit. From a year ago, everything is just going completely parabolic. That is, that is the reality of the world that we're living in. It's part of the reality of the world, not the reality of the, the non-world. That's a different discussion. And they're going to continue to do it. You know, the idea here is to put people in a very desperate place. Gas prices, I don't think it's impossible to see gas prices get close to double digits. You're going to look back and you're going to pine for the days when gas was 450 a gallon. That's going to happen. And what is the what is the tipping point with the price of fuel? I'm not sure what that is. Because we've never been here before. I would say probably somewhere between six and seven dollars. What happens when gas is like six dollars and sixty-six cents a gallon and just stays there? for a couple of weeks just because they want to fuck with people. And, you know, they've got a twisted sense of humor. But I feel like somewhere between six and seven, that's, that's, that's the point where people can just no longer afford to drive their cars. They won't be able to drive their cars. I mean, if you have to commute, say, 40 miles to go to work, if you have to commute 40 miles to go to work, um, and your car gets 20 miles per gallon. I guess, what are you, what are you spending per day? Spend $12 a day, $25 a day. Let's say it's $25 a day because you might be in traffic. Minimum 40 miles, $25 a day. That's $100 a week. That's $400 a month. And a year ago, you were probably spending $100 a month, maybe $125. That's $375 more just to get to work for a job that's paying you maybe slightly more, but not enough to keep up with the cost of inflation. So you're losing money. People are losing money. It's a, it's a numbers game. I'll tell you, it's not losing money or the fucking rich. And if they are losing money, they've got plenty of money to sit on because they've they've got uh, the ability to just soak the system. And I'm not here to complain about that. I don't want to be a complainer. But facts are facts. Like that's the reality. And we are headed towards a real crisis. And Biden says, "Well, I just can't flip the switch." No, you could. Theoretically, you could turn the Keystone Pipeline back on. Oh, yeah, you could do that, but he's not going to do that. He, he will not do that because we know what the plan is here. The plan is to create a controlled demolition, set as many people against one another as possible. Um, what happens when there's no food or food is so costly, but people are sitting on a ton of guns and a ton of bullets? You think they turn them in? For food, they might. Some people won't. Some people will keep them. 
And what happens if everything just goes fucking Mad Max and goes off the rails? I swear to God, I was having Mad Max visions the other day. People are going to start to hijack fuel trucks. It's coming. What's the over-under before we hear our first fuel jacking story? I say less than 10 days. Under 10 days, you will see something in the media where somebody will, a group of people will hijack a fuel truck. It's coming. That's exactly what happened in Mad Max. And didn't Mad Max start in like 2022? I think it did. And we are unfortunately veering towards um, that reality. And is any white hat going to come in and save the day? It's really doubtful. You are the white hat. Today, I'm the gray hat. By the way, shout out to uh, Salzman's garage where one of my cars is being worked on. By the way, I don't have a huge, I'm not Jay Leno. I have a car that I'm working on for my kid. And that's where it is right now. Cool guys. Real Americans who had a little shop on the side, doing stuff probably out of their home, little compoundy place, right? Which you'll find in more rural areas. And they went legit. And they got a really nice garage space with lifts and everything. So... Now, everybody in town just recommends them. Oh, go there, go there. So I'm hoping that uh, I can get this. If I can get this car running, it'll be a major accomplishment, of which I have nothing to do with except for paying for the services. I mean, I can turn a wrench a little bit, but this is way above my pay grade stuff. Way above my pay grade. So... How long is it going to be? I say less than 10 days. You'll read a story where somebody hijacks a fucking fuel truck. I mean, they've already been sticking up rail cars and emptying rail cars out. Why would they, why would they stop there? I don't think they would. I do not think they will. What was I going to play? It was something kind of funny. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, this is it. This is what I want to play you guys. Gas prices surged 25 cents in a week, hitting new record. That's not what I wanted to play you. So we're starting to see a pushback on the uh, the gay propaganda the Tampa Bay Devil Rays like the San Francisco giant queers and by the way if you're queer I'm not dissing you if you right but what I am against is kind of the forced grooming of this whole thing, which I talked about last night on the uh, astrology. Check this out. We believe in Jesus. Tampa Bay Rays players opt out of Pride Night. Good. Multiple, not one, not two, 
You know, you know Jason Whitlock's going to be talking about this tonight. Multiple Tampa Bay Rays. He never talks about baseball, but he will tonight. Multiple Tampa Bay Rays players on Saturday elected to opt out of team president Matt Silverman's Pride Night by citing their belief in Jesus Christ. In an effort to make their commitment to the LGBTQ plus community more visible, the Rays this year decided to follow the lead of the Giants and add rainbow-colored logos to their Pride Night uniforms, to the TB on their caps, and a sunburst on their right jersey sleeves. They used to be called the Devil Rays, okay? The Devil Rays. And somebody, I guess, thought, well, we need to rebrand this. We'll just be the Rays. In doing so, the team learned that not all players wanted to be included. Oh, gee, imagine that. No exact breakdown was provided, but, well, more than half the players appeared to participate, meaning that slightly less than half decided not to. <laughs> Pitchers Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson were among those who did not, electing to peel off the Burst logo and wear the standard hat. Chris Evans says, uh, five Tampa Bay Rays pitchers removed the rainbow logo from their uniforms during annual Pride Night. Jason Adams says, maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle and abstain from that behavior. I don't normally tweet about baseball in here, but I'm fucking wheezing. It's Pride Night at Tropicana Field, but the Tampa Bay Rays made wearing the Pride gear optional. So you can see which players on the field are homophobic. Uh, what do we have here? Had a great time. Tampa Bay Rays, Pride Night. The LGBT chamber. What the fuck is that? That has got to be one of the weirdest mascots. Like, what is that? It's just, it's like a bizarre fur thing. I have no idea what the fuck that is. Can't you get like a manta ray or something? Isn't that what you're known for? Let's see, a lot of it comes down to faith, to like a faith-based decision, Adam said. So it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said what we want is them to know that we are all welcome and loved here, but we put it on our, when we put it on our bodies. I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it. If we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside the confines of marriage. It's no different. It's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe, the lifestyle. He's encouraged us to live for our good, not to withhold. But again, we love these men and women. We care about them, and we want them to feel safe and welcome here. This is interesting. On Thursday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis vetoed a $35 million handout for a baseball practice facility that was going to be used by the Rays after the organization 
put out a tweet demanding gun control. So the Tampa Bay Rays are an activist sporting franchise. So the media tried to connect the two events. It's not clear that was DeSantis's motivation. These people say it should have been. Our governor draws the line. I don't support giving taxpayer dollars to professional sports stadiums. I agree with that. Taxpayers have gotten built time and time and time again. Now, they say that these uh, stadiums add jobs and that they uh, help create satellite businesses. That may be true. That may be true. But these owners, they don't fucking pay taxes. Baseball has something called antitrust. And they don't have to pay taxes. Think about that. Everything that they make on a professional baseball team is profit. They also, if they want to, if they need to somehow, um, they can, they can, how do I say this? They can degrade their players. What I mean by that is that if their players age out or they begin to decline in performance, they can use that. They can use that for any kind of benefit, taxes or otherwise. Shall we hear DeSantis? Let's hear what he has to say. So we're giving taxpayer dollars to professional sports stadiums, period. So, so at the end of the day, that, that was just the decision that was going to be made. Now, companies are free to engage or not engage with whatever discourse they want, but clearly uh, it's inappropriate to be doing tax dollars for professional sports stadium. It's also inappropriate to subsidize political activism of a private corporation. So I think, you know, either way, it's not, not, not appropriate, but we were not... We, we were not in a situation where um, uh, use of tax dollars uh, for a, a professional stadium would have been a, a prudent use. And again, you know, I set that limit as to what we were going to spend, and we made sure that we were doing it. And so what we try to do with these, uh, with these projects you know, is doing things that really are benefiting the community as a whole more so than, than maybe one specific interest or one specific company. So there you go. DeSantis basically saying, bad week for the Tampa Bay Rays. And if you are doing business in Florida, you've been put on notice. That includes Disney, by the way. I think that's a really interesting story. And the pushback on the new norms is on. Like it's happening. And I think um, it's about time. Because what these people don't understand, and I say these people, the people that support the whole LGBTQ plus agenda, and something we've talked about for a long time, is that it ends in transhumanism. It's all about morphing the human so that the human can become transhuman. And guess what? I I should try to find that. Let me see if I can find this thing. Let me show you something. Let me see if I can find it. This is actually a really good. Um, 
segue. All right, it'll take me just a second. Let's see if I can find this. It's a good segue. I like it how things come together. Oh, here it is. Give me one sec, boys and girls. Doing some producing on the fly. There it is. All right. Okay. So let me show you. my uh, server experience from a restaurant from uh, two weeks ago. Check this out. This is from a uh, pho, also known as pho restaurant. Watch this. Got it. Here, let me play that again. Got it. <laughs> that was a robot. So it was really weird. We walked into this restaurant and I've been to this restaurant before, but not in that location. They moved, they'd been across the street. It was very humble, a little humble place across the street. Well, they grew much nicer place. The food is good, really good. And um, they do banging business, kind of a Vietnamese kind of fusion thing, but not super fancy. Anyway, I walk in and I, and I see this thing. I'm like, they got a fucking robot here. And I didn't know what the robot was doing. I thought it might've been involved in bossing or cleaning. Maybe, it, maybe that is also the thing, but I had ordered a, um, 
one of those Thai teas and it brought it over. It totally brought it over. And like, that is the future. And this is where everything is headed. This is ultimately what the great replacement is about. The great robo replacement. Workplace robot orders jumped 40% in first quarter. So this is from yesterday. As we come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, which was more like a controlled demolition of small businesses, which is true, followed by a mismanaged taxpayer-funded cocaine binge that dropped vicious inflation on our laps. More and more industries are turning to robots as they struggle to hire enough workers to fill mounting orders. It's all planned. According to the Wall Street Journal, orders for workplace robots increased by 40% during the first quarter of 2022 versus the same period in 2021. According to the Association for Advancing Automation, the robotics, robotics industries trade groups, the explosive growth follows a 22% increase year to year in 2021 after years of stagnant growth, according to the group. Before you could throw people at a problem instead of finding a more elegant solution. So Joe Montano, Chief Executive Officer of Delphon Industries, LLC, a maker of packaging for semiconductors, medical devices, and aerospace components. Montano told the journal that Hayward, California-based Delphon lost 40% of its production days in January after COVID-19 worked its way through their workforce. So they bought three additional robots to fill the gap. The company began leasing robots around four years ago, which has since grown to 10 robots, four of which work side by side with employees. That's creepy. According to Montano, two robots reduced the three-person printing crew to one, saving $16,000 per month in expenses to other Delphon co cobots, cobots, assemble packaging for shipping semiconductors and other fragile cargo, which are shipped in plastic boxes. Robots are now being used to clean the two inch by two inch boxes with jets of air, dispense a bead of glue inside them, and then install layers of mesh in the company's silicone film padding. Mr. Montano said Delphon is scaling up robots to work on larger size boxes. The robots have improved the company's productivity, he said, resulting in shipments increasing about 15% in 2021 and 2020, respectively, without increasing the company's workforce of 200 people. We haven't reduced any headcount, but we reassigned them to where we needed people. The United States has been slow to embrace robotics versus other industrialized countries such as South Korea, Japan, and Germany according to the International Federation of Robotics. Okay, so here come the robots. Serving Thai iced tea at a pho fusion house near you. What interesting times we live in, right? Okay, I'm gonna get out of here and I am gonna play you a song before I go. Well, not me personally. I wish I could. If I could, I would. But I can't, so I won't. Let me see if I can find the right song.
This is for all the uh, men and women out there and robots fighting to preserve our freedom on this day. This song in particular commemorates you and your service. I can't think of a better song than this one. It's Jimi Hendrix and the Star Spangled Banner from Woodstock. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. Thanks for being here. I'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, bye for now.